0: But because I, I was aware that I looked in a way that other people want to look like, I felt like I didn't have permission to have low self-esteem or to have poor body image. And so I kept a lot of it to myself. So I didn't really talk about it. So no, I'm, now I'm internalizing everything and I'm not really getting these feelings out um, because I didn't think I was allowed to or that I wasn't, it, I wasn't worthy of, of experiencing this part of my view. Donna and this is From Mind to Matter. Uh, This is a podcast about self-exploration and self-discovery and it's me making public my process through facing the unknown and learning to trust myself through it. Um, I'm doing this because for two big reasons. First, because I need to. My soul needs me to talk in the same way that my body needs me to breathe and some people just need to write and some people just need to sing. I need to talk. So in one way, this is very just Um, (laughs) self-serving, but in the other way, it's because I think it's important to do things in front of other people because having a physical representation of something that you want to do yourself or that you feel like you have a tendency to be yourself makes you feel more encouraged, I think, to do it. It makes you feel um, or helps you to believe more that it's possible to do the thing that you at your core really want to do. So that's the other reason I do this, just because I think it's important to I don't know who's going to hear this. Hopefully someone who needs to, hopefully someone who wants to, hopefully both. (laughs) Um, I just hope that whoever does, whoever does listen to this, is able to take something from it that they feel they needed um, or that they feel was beneficial to them. So this is From Mind to Matter. I hope you enjoy. On this episode, I'm going to be talking about body image, about self-esteem and about uh, positivity towards the self, Um, mostly physical in um, and, and some other ways. Of course, it's important to to have good um, self esteem in in regards to your emotional self and your mental self and every other thing that makes you you. But I'm going to be talking primarily about physical uh, self esteem, about uh, self image, about body image. So I just want to talk about the journey I've been through as far as um, my self esteem about my body image and the kind of things that. I've discovered are important to me now in the ways now that I've come to be more positive towards myself. Um, so yeah, uh, as far back as I can remember, and this is, you know, typically, I think the point for most people where they start having a greater awareness of and then in turn, um, a more difficulty, uh, a higher difficulty to maintain a certain self image around your body is during puberty. Um, and so for me, I I remember when I was I really want to say I was eight. Um I remember I started getting armpit hair. Uh and it I'm pretty sure I was about eight when I had started when it really started to come in and be noticeable. And there was a day that I was in class, I think you're in third grade at that age, and I was a little nerd, I still am, but I was the kid who was always raising their hand. I had all the answers. If nobody raised their hand, then the teachers would tend to call on me assuming that I had an answer. And so I was that kid, so my hand was always up in class. And this one particular day I had raised my hand and it must've been hot outside because I had a tank top on and I wasn't yet really thinking anything about my armpit hair. Um, No one at home had made me uncomfortable about it. So I just, it wasn't something that was at the front of my mind. And a boy next to me pointed, and I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something along the lines of, ew, LaDonna has armpit hair, and he, like something of, like that. And so it made me snatch my arm back down and like tuck it in really hard with like my elbow and my ribs. And I was really, really embarrassed. And I didn't realize that that was something about myself to be conscious of and that other people um, or other peers would think that that was weird or strange or disgusting or whatever. I hadn't had that kind of a, thought in my head yet and so I had to first experience that kind of a thought in front of all of my peers and so I tried to hide it um and I remember trying not to cry I I, I was a really sensitive kid I still am fairly sensitive more so than I think people uh are aware of but I was a really sensitive kid and I cried a lot my feelings were easily hurt and so I remember just trying not to cry and I just kept my arm down and so for a point of time um I just wouldn't raise my hand in class. And so then I felt like I was suffocating a part of myself because I wanted to raise my hand. I wanted to be the smart one and I like being called on and I like having the right answer, but I couldn't, I felt like I couldn't do that anymore because I would be teased. And so I don't think I got home and like told my mom that exactly happened or if I even said much of anything about it. I don't really remember. But I do remember that when she noticed uh, my mom noticed that I was starting to get body hair. She didn't make a big deal of it. I'm hairy uh, a lot in part because of my mom. So at home, that's why it wasn't like a weird thing. Like my mom grew up um, a hairy kid, too. And so I was never made to feel bad about it when I started getting like arm hair and leg hair and that kind of a thing. Uh, my mom actually encouraged me to keep my leg hair and to not shave it, um, and told me that it was beautiful. And so, at home, fortunately, I didn't get those kinds of things to be self-conscious about. But it was other people, it was other kids when I left home. And when you're a kid and you're in school, most of your time is spent outside of your own house anyway. Especially me, who was in a lot of extracurricular activities. So, a lot of my time wasn't at home. I was. I was on a school bus. I'd be at a bus stop with other kids. I'm in classes and lunch and P.E. and things with other kids. And then after school, I was uh, always a basketball player. So I would have basketball practice and I would be in a locker room with other girls and uh, playing the sport with other kids. And then I would get home, have dinner, maybe do homework, go to sleep on weekends. I had like basketball tournaments and those kinds of things. So I spent a lot of my time, uh, you know, away from the environment where those things that were naturally happening to my body were made okay and a comfortable topic. I spent a lot of time away from that environment. But so anyways, I was saying, I remember when my mom noticed it, she just taught me how to shave. She didn't make it seem like I necessarily had to. It wasn't like a forceful thing. I wanted to. So there was no like pushback on my end uh, for it. So there was never really a topic of, well, do I have to, or you should, or you need to, or any kind of thing. Um, But she just, she taught me how to shave. Um, And so I, started you know just just shaving uh but again like I said leg hair and all that stuff started to come in um it wasn't a big deal at home but so I mostly just shaved when I uh wanted to when I felt comfortable to and when I thought that it would be noticed at school um and so then I felt like I had to and so then around like middle school and high school I started to get acne on my face and on my back and like shoulders and things um And fortunately it was never anything too severe. I never really had like cystic acne or or some things like there are plenty of people who've had it worse than, you know, what I did, but I've been working to, and I'm going to try really hard not to in this episode diminish what I was feeling at the time, because I know that there were people who had a worse situation and and blah, 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 blah. I'm going to try not to do that. But, um, I am aware of, of those things, but I did start, start to get acne and noticeable acne. Um, and so then that was just another thing to be self-conscious about. I don't know if any of you have ever, like, known you've had, like, a pimple on your forehead or something, and you can see people's eyes darting to it while you're talking to them. Like, I, w- I would notice those kinds of things. So it was just always something to be uh, uh, conscious about and something, you know, growing up that I, that was a factor in the beginning stages of me um, having any kind of less than positive or less than great idea about what my physical appearance, uh, my physical appearance was like. And so even in like high school, I got teased for having hairy arms. So then I started to shave my arms, but then like hair bumps or like the process of the hair growing back would be really itchy and uncomfortable. And I would keep doing this to myself, um, even though I didn't really have an issue with it, I just didn't want to be teased for it. And so I would just, I tried to get rid of it. I've used Nair, um, and yeah, I just, you know, I, I've, I've tried waxing things and just all of it, none of it was fun. Um. And then I had started to get like stretch marks. And then I remember I was confused about that because I was never very big. I was also uh, decently small. And so I was like, well, I thought only bigger people got stretch marks. But apparently not. I figured out as a teenager. Again, uh, something I had, it was more so just confusion than it was like self-disgust for. Like I wasn't like, oh, these are terrible. ugly." I actually think they're pretty cool. Um, But and I did when I was a kid, too but i was confused about it because i didn't think that people my size could get stretch marks Uh, but yeah i learned that you did so that was kind of what that process was like when i was a child so starting to uh we're coming a little a few years after high school now um when i was 20 uh, how old was i in 2016 well i stopped eating meat in 2012 that was my senior year of high school and I was still eating like uh, dairy and, and eggs and other things. I'm a I'm a full vegan now, but so I started off just not eating meat. I still eat seafood, but just not eating meat when I was, I, I don't think I was 18. I think I was 17. And so I did that for a few years and then slowly started pulling back on other animal products and byproducts. And so when I was, uh, let's see, 22, I think, 22 or 23, somewhere around that age, um. I had become fully vegan and doing my best not to eat any uh, no actual meat, but not any animal byproducts either. Like no milk or cheese or um, animal butter or, or anything, certain candies that had like gelatin in them. Like I completely to the extent of my knowledge at the time, cut out foods that had that used any kind of animal ingredients. And so I started to lose some fullness to the shape that I had. Again, I was never big. Um, but the bit of body fat and like a shapeliness that I did have has started to uh, melt off uh, some more when I became vegan and I became more lean. I never really lost a whole lot of muscle tone. I, I have I started to have less than I did when I was a you know regular basketball player and was running and things all the time in high school. Um, but I was still always decently um, fit. Um, and I was still going to the gym. I was still lifting weights. But so I had lost some of my fullness. So I appeared thinner than what I was used to. And that was something that really has started to bother me. One, because people were pointing it out all the time. And uh, back in the beginning stages of me being vegan, uh, people were always, uh, you know, it wasn't as popular then as it is now. And so there was a bit more of a, Negative connotation or like negative ideology about uh, around veganism, um especially when I grew up eating a typical american black person diet um and so, and I just point out black person part just, you know a lot of soul food, you know what the thanksgivings and christmas uh Christmases look like, and what kind of foods are there for those meals? I ate like that and I ate a lot of carry out and fried foods and pizza and, and things like that. that's just the typical American stuff and so that was normal around or with the people that I was around. So when I switched that up, I wasn't really met with disgust or like anger or people trying to tell me that I shouldn't, but um, a lot of misunderstanding about it. And so I would get a lot of comments about me losing weight because of it. Um, and while that was true, it, was, it just always felt like a negative thing. Um, it felt like uh, I was doing something wrong and I need to change the way I'm eating or I need to put weight back on. That's that's what I felt when I got those kind of comments. And so I didn't like it because appearing thin at the time to me made me feel like I appeared weak. And because I grew up an athlete, uh, I grew up boxing, playing basketball. I ran track for like five seconds. Um, and, you know, as a young adult and somewhat now I was lifting weights and so athleticism has always been a big part of my life I played for like football when I was a kid just uh, I was always heavily into sports um karate and so to because of that being strong and appearing strong was a like a core part of my personality um it was like a pride point for me I I liked it and I still do but so appearing less than that made me feel like I didn't look strong anymore and that I, I just didn't feel quite like myself. And so that thing was getting pointed out a lot in my um, in my early 20s and I didn't like it. And it started to make me a bit uncomfortable about what I looked like and a bit more conscious about what kind of things I wore because I didn't want to accentuate the, the fact that I was now smaller and I didn't want it to be as noticeable. And so. I just, I just, I didn't like my appearance for the, not for the first time, but for the first time in that way, I didn't really like my appearance. And so because I was a small person and because I still to some degree was fit or appeared to be in shape, not to the extent that I wanted to. And I'm putting a big emphasis on that because the point of, not the point of, but to me, Having low self-esteem and poor body image, at its core, is a it's like a conflict between what you look like and what you wanna look like. Not as much as what everybody else makes you feel like and what everybody else makes it seem like you look like. While that's a big part of it, I think at the very core of that, it's just a discrepancy between what I want and what I have. And so, because I didn't have the appearance that I wanted to have, I felt bad, and I started to. It that started to take a toll a bit on my body image, but because I I was aware that I looked in a way that other people want to look like, I felt like I didn't have permission to have low self esteem or to have poor body image, and so I kept a lot of it to myself. So I didn't really talk about it. So now I'm now I'm internalizing everything, and I'm not really getting these feelings out. Um, because I didn't think I was allowed to or that i wasn't it i wasn't worthy of of experiencing this part of my humanity and so i- yeah i just i wouldn't say anything so now that me having this poor self esteem is being coupled with um like suffocation self suffocation to a degree and so I, so that just you know just made things a a little bit worse and so that was a thing for a little bit of time and when I was in my early twenties, I was in a relationship in a, in a heavily committed relationship between twenty and about twenty eight um I think so pretty much all of my twenties um and towards the end of that, that relationship was like severely lacking in intimacy, and so naturally, I blamed myself, you know I was doing something wrong um I didn't look like how I should be looking, I wasn't making myself attractive and I let myself go. And maybe I'm not actually as attractive as I thought I was in the first place. And so all of this stuff was, you know, circling in my head because I wasn't getting the kind of attention that I wanted or that kind of attention that I wanted from my partner at a point. And so, yeah, so I, so I blamed myself. And so I forgot what was attractive about me. And at that time, I was also depressed. I didn't know I was Uh, looking back on it. I was able to realized that I was, but I was depressed. So to a degree, I did stop trying as much and I did stop paying so much attention to my style. I stopped being out and being my um, extroverted and like spontaneous and enthusiastic self. And so I wasn't really going out. I wasn't getting around people. So no one was really telling me that I was attractive. Um, No one was really coming on to me like I, you know, like all of us like and, and want. I wasn't really getting that in the house or outside of the house. And because I was depressed, I wasn't eating as much and um, I was really stressed out. And so I was losing weight like beyond me, the the bit of weight that I had lost from becoming vegan. I lost more weight. And so I became even thinner. Um, No one really pointed it out too much, but I guess because they couldn't because I wasn't really going out much. But I noticed it and I didn't like walking past mirrors and it would be an issue if I stayed in front of the mirror for too long and never got too severe. I don't, I don't think I ever developed any kind of disorders or anything or, you know, needed help or anything. It was never that small, but I just, I noticed that I was a bit smaller and realized that I had lost weight and at my smallest, um, which I've never been this weight again, fortunately, but, um, around that time, this is, you know, around like 27, 26, maybe 20, you know, I had just turned 28 close to the time that I had left that relationship. So around that time, um, I just uh, I noticed I was just smaller um, and I was like one hundred and eight pounds. I remember at a point I had gotten on a scale and it just made me not want to get on the scale anymore. I had never you know, been that small and I had never looked that small and looked that weak. And I just I didn't like it. And so all of these things are just stacking up on top of each other. And I just now have these layers of things to feel insecure about, about, you know, layers and stacks of of. Uh, of just things to not like about myself. And again, keeping the vast majority of it to myself. I remember at some point someone had, you know, was kept saying something about my size. And I remember just saying out loud, like, look, can you stop? This is something I'm really self-conscious about. Um, I don't really like it. I don't want to talk about it. And I was met with a bit of pushback. So I just, it just furthered the idea that I'm not allowed to feel this way because I look in a way that doesn't give me automatic permission to feel this way. And so that, that feeling got further perpetuated within me and I just learned to choke things down. I just learned to keep it to myself. And so at this point, around like 27 uh, years old, I actually think I left that relationship when I was 27. I think I was a little bit off, yeah. So around 27 years old, I, um, I found myself by myself and not locking myself, or even knowing myself. It was a really dark point. There are people who were, you know, really close to me, know what I was like around that time, and it wasn't me. And I, if I bring anybody on this, if I give anybody a mic right now that really knew me at the time, I, they'd back me up. They'd let you know I was not myself. Um, and I knew it, but I didn't know where I was. And I just, I didn't like me very much. And I didn't like that I didn't like me very much. So... By myself, I decided that I needed to work on this. And so being alone and having to hear myself, having to face my thoughts, having to look myself in the eyes in the mirror and not really recognize who I was, I was forced to figure it out. And so as a lot of people do after a tough breakout, I started working out really heavily um, fortunately, I already had a background of athleticism and of sports that we talked about. So it wasn't hard to get into and to find a groove, um, but I really started to push myself and I started to rediscover the importance of fitness, like just outside of the heartache that I had at the time. I just, I had forgotten what it felt like to move my body in those ways and to exert my strength in those ways. And so I started to put on some more weight, um, some more muscle. I started to feel stronger and I started to feel more mentally fit. Uh, just because exercising does that. And so I started to rediscover the importance of physical and mental fitness. I started to take more pictures of myself, which was something I didn't really do much of because I was so self-conscious and I didn't feel like I was very photogenic. So I started to take more pictures of myself as a means to force myself to find things that I like about me. And so then I started to post those pictures and that because I was fishing for Uh, compliments or fishing for uh, anybody to say anything that I would like to me. Uh, And I actually intentionally waited to start posting some things because I wanted to make sure that when I did do that, when I did share, you know, pictures of myself in ways that I haven't before, um, I wanted to make sure that I was solid and whole and stable on my own so that the lack of or the addition of other people's comments wouldn't take a heavy toll on my mental health and on my uh, on my self-security and of my self-esteem like it had before. So I, you know, when I started posting it, um, it was just another uh, reason for me to kind of put myself out there more because it made me feel more comfortable and it made me feel more like myself. And of course, it does still feel nice to get compliments, but I wasn't doing it for that reason. And, and that's what was really important for me that I felt good on my own. So, I started to figure out what I like about myself, what I like about my appearance and started to enhance it through style, through posing, through uh, you know, through taking pictures. And then I started to um, actually date again and entering romantic relationships, I was able to maintain, to enter it with and then to maintain a strong positive self-image regardless of the other person. And that was something that was such a monumental feat for me because of what I had dealt with in the past and so I was able to enter spaces where I was vulnerable with another person and still be okay with myself no matter what happened whether that person made me feel like I look good or rather I got my heart broken again or if a relationship just ended or whatever. I was still me, and I still maintained a strong sense of self. And it took some time. It it took a while, but it, it took a lot of me deliberately being by myself so that my judgment couldn't be clouded and having conversations with myself and looking myself in the eyes and asking myself who I am, asking myself who I wanted to be, and doing things that I wanted to do, and doing things that made me feel good. It took a lot of that, but it took me doing that consistently to to get to that space, um, and to be in the the very, very good space uh, that I'm in now. And so in the time I have discovered, and this, you know, these are all things that I'm still very much working on, but now I, you know, I recognize the importance of of these few things. I guess these are kind of pillars of my self-esteem now, and of my my positive body image. Um, so the first one is nutrition, of course. And, uh, you probably already got an idea that that's been a important pillar uh, for me, uh, because I, you know, became vegan. It was something I was always conscious of. And my mom actually started that. She didn't start the veganism, but she started a, she started a, um, how do I want to say it? Like an idea of Of health or like she first planted the seed of being conscious of what we were putting into our bodies as kids uh, me and my brothers she stopped buying juices and sodas and so for you know at a point of time and still this is how she is the only beverages in our house was water of course and homemade tea so we would still have like sweetened uh, tea like iced tea but she would make it she would brew like these big pots of tea on the stove um, and then she was sweetening it and we'd have that in the fridge for a week. She made uh, lemonade a lot. So all of the like sweet drinks that we had, um, which were nowhere near as sweet as like store brought uh, juices and like bottled things. It was, you know, it was homemade. And so that was what we had. And then just, you know, regular hot tea as well uh, with like honey and those kinds of things and fruits uh she stopped putting like butter in our vegetables that we used to have i remember this one time she bought some chips that didn't have any salt on them that to this day i don't understand and it pissed me off when i was younger and we like were rioting in the house over it me and my little brothers because what's the point of a chip if it's not salty i just i'd rather just not eat chips but you know anyways she just started being more conscious about what she was feeding us and so then we naturally And I think me, so the most became more conscious about the kind of things that I, that I eat and the importance of being aware of what I'm eating. And so, yeah, she stopped buying uh, red meat. Uh, If we had like meat in our spaghetti, it was ground turkey. We had turkey bacon, turkey sausages and uh, less eggs because she was, you know, being more conscious of like cholesterol. And so my mom kind of, you know, she basically started that, but you know, I recognize the importance of of nutrition. I try to be mindful of what I'm eating. I don't not eat junk food, but I am just conscious of it. I'm I'm aware of what I'm eating. I'm aware of what I feel when I eat certain things. And I'm aware of when I need to pull back or when I need to add in certain things. And I do a lot of research on nutrition. And even for a point in time, I had started a business where I was helping people to become more plant-based. And so it's always just been something that's important to me. And if my nutrition is lacking, Everything else sucks, and I know it. And I can tell when certain things aren't right with my body because I pay attention to it and I, I listen to it. And so, nutrition is a is a really big pillar in positive self esteem and positive body image for me. Another thing is rest and sleep. And of course, by by sleep, we know we know what I mean. But by rest, I mean more relaxing and paying attention to my body when I really need to stop. Um, I'm the, I'm naturally the kind of person who's always on the go and I always want to have things to do. And I like always having something to do and going from place to place and uh, doing a bunch of different things and having a bunch of different hobbies all at once. And so there was a point in my like early to mid twenties, I remember where I was getting the flu like annually and regularly. And it was always around a certain time of my life like uh, close to the beginning of summer where I would get really busy and have a lot of things to do. And because of it, I wasn't taking a lot of care of my body and and, and resting it and nourishing it properly. And so then I would always get really sick at least once a year. And after like the third time of that happening, I noticed the pattern and realized I needed to work on that. And so resting and relaxing when my body really needs to is is super important for me. And getting enough sleep, going to sleep early enough so that I can wake up on time for whatever things I need to do for the day and just and allowing myself to sleep and 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 just be asleep and sleeping in when I need to and when I can and so rest and sleep is another big pillar another thing is fitness and movement and so of course we know what I mean by fitness and you know exercising uh, whether that be like squats, pull ups, push ups, just a few uh, things here and there, uh, picking up weights, whatever way you like to move your body, you know. For me, that's like that's weights and and calisthenics mostly. I also like rock climbing, which I don't get to do very often at all, but I do love it and I've done it a few times. And um, uh, what else do I like to do? Uh, dancing is is a, a big way that I exercise now. Uh, But so, yeah, so by fitness, I mean, you know, some kind of activity that, you know, causes you to breathe a little heavier and to have to exert a little bit more strength than you would in your regular day. But also movement, just not sitting down too much. I have a a primarily desk job and a lot of people, especially around, uh, you know, later 20s and on, people tend to have more desk positions, like administrative positions, and so just not sitting so much. Noticing when I am sitting too much, and trying to counteract it, uh, counterbalance it by standing more, by walking more. I only take the stairs if I go anywhere, uh, even at work. I don't take the elevator; I take the stairs. If I'm somewhere where there's an escalator, I'll take the stairs. If I, you know, see them, um, the only time I really take an elevator or escalator or something that will, you know, is when I'm carrying something really heavy. Where just going up the steps might be dangerous or might be uh, too. Um, physically draining. But so for the most part, I just take the stairs because my legs still work and I want them to keep working. And the reason people get older and need assistance walking isn't just because they're older, it's because as they started to get older, they stopped moving as much and they stopped using their body as much. And my mom always told me when I was a kid, if you don't use it, you lose it. I'm sure you guys have heard that before, but it's true. If you don't use your legs, they stop working so much. They start being as flexible they start start being more vulnerable and prone to injury, and so I like to move because I still can and I want to keep being able to so I take the stairs as much as I can uh I try to stand as much as I can if I notice that i'm I'm sitting a lot I basically just try to balance that and I try to stretch more so movement and fitness is really important to me um and is a bit you know plays a big role on me feeling good and and looking in the way that I want to look. More encouraging self-talk and not being so mean to myself in the mirror and not, not staring at myself hard enough and long enough to find something that I don't like about myself and then being fixated on that all day long and then wondering if other people can see it and if they're thinking the same thing that I was thinking and then feeling bad about it and then thinking that I guess I'm not that cute and you know all of that I just I I try not to do that and so if I do catch myself about to go on some spiral or about to say something that I wouldn't say to my friend or that I wouldn't allow my friend to say about themselves I stop myself and I point out the things that I do like and then moving into my next pillar is gratitude just saying thank you and being thankful for the things that I have that I'm happy to have like two arms and and two hands and uh you know like Some people don't have that. And I'm grateful that I I do. I'm very happy I have legs that work. I'm very happy that I can move my head, you know, side to side without pain and that my back is fine and that I don't need knee surgery or, you know, I don't need help to walk or help to get dressed and that I have a body that's strong and it's easy for me to carry around all day. And that takes care of me and lets me know when things aren't quite right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy about those things and I hope to always have those things. And so when I look at myself in the mirror, that's what I like to say. And that's what I like to point out and where I like to put my attention and my focus. And one of the last pillars of this, of, of positive body image uh, for me, is trust, trust in myself, trust in my body and listening to it and trusting that it knows what it's talking about. And that I need to yield to it. Um, our bodies are programmed to alert us when things aren't right and to self-correct. And it's equipped with what it needs to do the, that job. And so I know that and I trust that. And if my stomach hurts, I think back on what I ate and see if there was anything there or If, um, you know, maybe I'm sick, I I, I listen. When there's a pain somewhere, if I just feel off, I'll, you know, consider maybe I haven't drunk enough water or that I need more sleep or that I'm more stressed than normal or, you know, whatever. Just after practice, with some practice of listening to yourself and paying attention to your body and trusting that it knows what it's talking about and that it actually knows what's best for you, um, it's easier to feel good more often than not because it already knows my body knows better than than google does or than somebody else does and with practice you become better at Picking up on different signals and knowing what different things may mean at first is super difficult because you haven't done it before. And so you're basically, in a way, learning a new language and having to understand what your body means when you feel this. Learning what that means, what you might have done wrong, what you need to change. Noticing that you might actually have an allergy to something or that you need to do more of a thing. Having certain taste for things is a calling out for specific nutrients. If you have a a taste for chocolate, it's because your body probably needs some more magnesium or some some more iron. And so, sure, eat chocolate. But there are other things, too, that have those nutrients in them. And it's not, you know, it's this is me making more of a point to say that your body knows what it needs and it knows how to tell you. You just need to learn how to listen and to believe it. So that's been another big thing for me. And I just I want to reiterate that I'm still working on these things. It is a hundredfold better than what it has been before, and it's taken a lot of time it's taking years, but i'm still growing i'm still learning, I'm still very young, and I hopefully still have a lot of time to go, so I'm still working on it and as long as I'm here and breathing and i'm li- and am alive, i'm going to be working on it, and I know that so that's pretty much it that's been my my journey on body image on self esteem. I made a video, hopefully it's it's out, and me saying this part in a recording before it's actually out uh, doesn't, it, it isn't incorrect in that I, you know, that I, I followed through on it and everything worked out and, and it's out there. Check out that video. That's my, my about, uh, I think it's about a minute. It's gonna be about a minute, but I don't know. It hasn't even started being edited yet at the time of me recording this episode of the podcast. So I'm not gonna to say too much more about that, that point of it, but the point of the video is to me express creatively what all of this has been for me, and just present another way to say the same thing. Something for you to look at, something for you to listen to, um, aside from this. <laughs> and you know, hopefully you you feel something. I was gonna say hopefully you get it, but that's not really the point of me doing this. So I get it, and hopefully people who are like me or who need to get it get it. And yeah, that's why it's there. So if you watch the video. Uh, If you're if you got to the end of this podcast and and you enjoyed it or didn't really like it, I like to think after it's been over half an hour that if you didn't like it, you would have left by now. So I'm assuming if you made it here, you did like it. And I'd like to know what you liked about it. I'd like to know how this is being received. Um, I'd like to get more ideas and get your your feedback about what you want to hear. So yeah, so email me. You can email me at from mind to matter podcast at gmail.com. There's no other punctuation in there and everything's spelled out just the way it's supposed to. Or you can follow the the Instagram page, that's from mind to matter podcast on Instagram. Or my personal one, that's lb.evolving, and you can send me a message there. We can talk about, you know, this. We can talk about things that you think about the the kind of exploration and discovery of yourself that you've been having. I wanna know. I wanna hear. I want to share this in other in as many mediums as possible. So this is one way. I hope that you'll reach out to me so that I can actually talk to you and hear from you in in that way. So yeah, that's it. My name is Ladonna. This has been for Mind to Matter and I will talk to you next time.